0: Guy here with a quick message before we get on with the pod. As a thank you to our most dedicated and loyal viewers and listeners to Blood Red, we're inviting you to join our Blood Red Club. By joining, you'll get access to insider transfer content, as well as interviews with former favourites and those connected at Anfield. All you need to do is head to bloodredpodcast.co.uk, enter your email address and our exclusive content will head to your inbox. That's bloodredpodcast.co.uk. Thanks. Now on with the show. It's the Blow Row podcast, courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Thanks for joining us. Preseason plans outlined, Harvey Elliott contract confirmed, and the rumour mill threatening to spin off its axis here as ever to get into the latest Liverpool talking points. Today we have Joe Rimmer and David Lynch. Gents, I hope you're both well. Uh, Lynch, I'll, I'll throw to you first. We'll get into the, the preseason plans. And Liverpool finally have sort of confirmed something. We've been waiting a little while, but they're off to Austria.
2: Yeah, um it's sort of similar plan to last year, really, I suppose, because of the, the COVID restrictions. Obviously you can't do a, a normal pre-season tour and go to somewhere like America. Um so I think the the next best thing as far as Liverpool are concerned is to, to take them away to, to somewhere in Europe. And I think I think the idea from from club's side of things is is, you know, if you can't do a preseason tour, you know, you, you would just think, Oh, well, why can't they just go to Kirby, do the training there and then maybe have a preseason friendly against Tranmere or whoever. Uh, Berry and, and local sides like they have done traditionally in the past in in early preseason, but I think his priority in that period really is to sort of get them together in a group and and, and you know put them in a situation whereby even the the free time is together and, and you know you really create that strong bond amongst the squad and really helps new signings to to integrate as well. So um, yeah, I think that's the thinking. So yeah, off to Austria where they where they've been before and, and they like and they know that they've got a good. Good training set up there, and, and I think being in in the middle of Europe as well gives them a, an opportunity to sort of strike up a few friendlies as well, doesn't it? So, yeah, should be should be good preparation for the new season.
0: Yeah, it strikes me, Joe, this preseason is going to be really important. Kind of hitting the reset after everything that's gone on over the, sort of the last year and a half or whatever since project restart really got underway. That it is sort of time to start afresh and go again. And I suppose that preseason camp right from the off is is a great chance to do that.
1: Yeah, as Dave just said, I think what did Linda say? They need back to basics. And I think that's really important for Liverpool. It's important for these players. And, you know, it's important the ones that are in the Euros and the Copper America, they also get a good break. But, um, you know, I missed the, the Tramir ones. Quite like those early friendlies. I always think there's, you know, it's, it's nice that they do some of the local clubs. Um, but, yeah, I think this will be, be really good for morale. It'll be really good for fitness and for, you know, just refreshing those players um, going off to Austria and those. Sort of stunning backdrop that you know the places that they train in, so um, really important, massively crucial pre season. You know, Liverpool haven't really had a break in a, in a long time now, so hopefully they come back refreshed. And you know, we know when this team is fresh, when they're not totally out on their feet and battling with a million injuries, we know how good they can be. So, you know, got really high hopes for the season coming, and, and pre season's you know, the first chance for players to put down a market get themselves into Klopp's plans and there's some, some players in that squad I'm sure will come to that, you know, will will sort of be either in the last chance saloon, if you like, or or just wanting to remind Klopp or some of the young players who are desperate to sort of show them that they could be part of the first-team squad. So, it's just such an important time and it's quite an exciting time for fans, isn't it? We all like to see those first pictures of them out there trading in the, in the new gear and all that. So, um, really looking forward to it. I like this time of year.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, there, there are a couple of international Games to to get out of the way at the weekend, two finals. that Liverpool do have a a small passing interest in, David, but it is now sort of on the horizon, the return of the club action and obviously the tour that's going to be going on in Austria. As you said, Pep Linders has said it's back to basics. At the moment, we've got the word fluid going around. It it does sort of feel the complete polar opposite to what you would normally expect maybe of a pre-season money-spinning tour. This is very much right. The training's all been set out and that's prepared and readied. Even the friendlies, we we've no idea at this stage exactly what's going
2: on. Yeah, I think I think that element of it, you would probably say, is not ideal. I think you know they, they do like to plan everything, don't they? You know, completely in, into the nth degree. But they've not had the opportunity to do that just because you know, it, you know. Let's not forget, things are getting better in this country, but we're still very much in a pandemic, aren't we? There's, there's you know, it's not just the fact that the leaving these friendlies till late. But, the, you know, there's an acknowledgement that, you know, say that the, the situation in Austria changes very quickly. They might have to get out of there very quickly and, and, and get back to the UK. And, and, you know, you've got to really protect the players and the staff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's possibly not ideal, that scenario. But I think they'll know they've got that basis, at least on a training front. Okay, so... You know, they, they've got the time and, and the facilities there to, to get in some really good training, which they really value. Um, you know, if they do have any slight change of system or approach this season, this is the time when they'll do it. They'll embed those, you know, tactical principles in, in the team. And and so I think they know that they'll get the time to do that. The Friendlies are by the by, and I'm sure they, you know, they won't have any problems finding opposition because there's plenty of teams out there who are in, in a similar position in their season, just getting ready for the new one. So, um, but yeah, so that, that's maybe not ideal that they're gonna to have to sort those later on, but I think they'll know that they've got enough time in the training pitch and that that is the the, the time that Jurgen Klopp really values.
0: Yeah, most definitely. So a thirty four man squad will be reporting sort of from the from day one of preseason, which which is on Monday, Joe. The likes of Mane and Salah are both in there. Of course, those away at the Copa America and, and Euros are being given an extended leave. But also the likes of Virgil van Dyke, Joe Gomez and and Trent are all involved as well.
1: Pretty strong squad, isn't it? You know, yeah. um, probably usually stronger than you, you see at this time of year. So that's quite good for Liverpool. And, and there's some players in there, you know, Dave's a little piece for later on, of players that will be really desperate to impress. You know, it's, it's a big summer, isn't it, for people like Joe Gomez, people like Nabi Keita, so... You know, a lot of them will want to hit the ground running, keep themselves fit, get themselves into the absolute best possible shape. And I'm sure, you know, they'll all be they'll all have been do, doing that anyway throughout the summer. You know, you only need to follow Salah on Instagram to know, you know, that these guys are in tip-top shape, aren't they? So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting squad, isn't it? You know, Gruwich is in there, Carrius, and then there's some some young players as well. So, um, a nice mix, and it'll be interesting. I think it is a really good time for them and a big opportunity for some of those players and look if they're struggling for friendlies I'm sure, sure we can get some we could get the echo team <laughs> I, mean, I think we, ha- we haven't played in a while obviously Sam Carroll can't, can't organise a I can't say the word The pee up in a brewery can he so we could get if we could get the echo team together James Pierce still plays up front he, he's never relinquished his, his place there you're in goal aren't you Guy
0: yeah I've got the tracksuit arms, yeah. Allison style yeah yeah.
1: yeah. I'd like Grab to put a bit in on goal. James Pierce is, is that <laughs> play then she up front
2: but I can do, yeah. <laughs>
1: James, James, James has never given up his spot. He, um, he always plays up front and never subs himself off either. He still half manages the team, so you know it could be a really exciting game. I reckon you and James <laughs> up front as a little duo could give give Gomez and Van Dijk a real test. Give Canate the new guy. In uh, well, yeah, because... um,
2: if they were still on crutches,
1: maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. But it, it, in terms of sort of even looking at that squad and players wanting to impress, we, we do, in the social media age, get the players on their pre-pre-seasons, as it were, getting themselves ready. And Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, for one, seems to very much be getting himself into tip-top shape, ready to to crack on from day one.
2: Yeah, the, the, there's an opportunity there in midfield. I think, obviously, we know that Liverpool are looking at some options there after losing Genie Wijnaldum. And I, I do think they need to add someone there because they're there's no real obvious air to 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 Wijnaldum in terms of picking up the, just the sheer amount of minutes that he did last season. He was just unbreakable, wasn't he? Brilliant. Um, so you know, the, but there's still an opportunity until Liverpool sign someone there. And even if they do sign someone, they're gonna to have to have that adaptation period. And there's there's a real chance for someone to sort of stake a claim, certainly to start the season in that position. I think Oxlade Chamberlain you know he he gets written off a lot but he was he was fit for quite a lot of last season he, you know he didn't struggle with a lot of injuries once he got over that that one he knocked, the knock on his knee he got in pre-season once he was sort of past that he was he was available pretty consistently i think what what really sort of made it difficult for him to get chances was was all the injuries in other parts of the pitch and and, and Klopp just wanted some consistency in in every area he could find it really so that made it hard to get game time. But, you know, he's, he's a big talent and if he can stay fit, he can make a big contribution. I think he, it gets, you know, easily forgotten that he was the top scorer behind the front three in the, the season that Liverpool won the league. He's, you know, that the, that goal threat from midfield, I don't really think anyone else has, has offered that in that way, um, you know, in, in this squad really, to be honest. So, um, yeah, th- that's a real opportunity for him. So if you can come in the pre-season, really impress the manager and hit the ground running and just stay fit again, then, yeah, the, the chances should be there for him.
0: Yeah, he'll turn 28 in the early weeks of the season, Joe. I just wonder with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain if if now this is his time maybe to look at that hole in the midfield and think, actually, there's been a lot of talk around him even from early days at Southampton that the central midfield position was his favoured role. He's been used here, there and everywhere. Can he finally now think to himself, actually, there is an opportunity. I'll keep myself fit. And, and maybe, actually... Deliver on on the promise that we all know that he's got. I'm sure watching England doing what they're doing, he's thinking to himself, "In the peak years of my career, I should have been involved in that squad."
1: Yeah, look, I've always really liked Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I rate him really highly. I think he's, you know, gives Liverpool something completely different. Being brutally honest, I don't think he's ever going to be a player that starts for Liverpool week in week out. But I think he's someone that, when fit, is a really important squad member because he, you know, you can change the midfield up, you can put him in. And, you know, we've seen before when Liverpool have played, you know, some of the, the sort of mid-table teams or, some, you know, sort of bottom half of the table teams. He can be really important at just sort of when they're sitting deep, getting shots away from the edge of the box. So, you know, I, I really like him. And I think he could have a big role to play at Liverpool. It's just keeping himself fit. It's always been the issue for him. And to be fair, he suffered some really unlucky injuries, you know, things that I don't think you can put down to being, an in inverted commas, injury prone. I think it, you know, the, the knee injury he obviously suffered in his first season was you know, a real extreme one but if he can keep himself fit I think he can be a real good option for Liverpool and, and people have almost slept on a little bit you know I think you forget you forget the goals he scored you know in those first two seasons at Liverpool and, and how he had big impacts and decent games so Yeah, uh, fingers crossed for him. Um, It's a big season for him because I think if he doesn't get himself fit this summer and he doesn't force his way into the team by the end of this, this, not into the team, but into the manager's plan, sorry, by the end of this summer, you know, I think Liverpool might come to a point where they'd accept a bid for him. But I like him. I'd like him to stick around. I think he's a good option.
0: Yeah, we always—I suppose—it's easy to forget as well. The, the last full house at Anfield, that Atletico Madrid game. Albeit he was subbed off in that, but he was unbelievable in in that match. He certainly got the quality. It's just about getting it out of him on a consistent basis. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. What about Ibrahima Konate, who's going to be joining up with Liverpool for the first time? Dave, he's he's been waiting for this all summer. We've seen the content he's been sharing on social media. He seems to be absolutely thrilled at the prospect of, of coming into this team.
2: Yeah, in a way that you don't really sort of tend to see from professional footballers. You know, they're usually yeah. so cool about it and this is this is all normal. I just played for Liverpool now and he seems like, you know, it's, it's like if one of us got the chance to to sign for Liverpool, he's, he's really, really enthusiastic about it, which is great to see because, you know, he's got a big test, hasn't he, coming in now. He's You know, he's got to hit that level. He's got to show that he's worthy of pushing past the likes of Joe Gomez and John Matip. You know, and possibly has a chance, depending on where they're up to with the rehabilitation, to to really, really stake a claim in the, in these early preseason friendlies. So, um, yeah, but but I think you know the first thing that you want if you're a club player is is that enthusiasm, that willingness to work, that you've got to want it because it'll put you through the ringer in preseason, certainly. So, um, you know that that looks like a really good start, and he, he just seems like a really smart, fun, fun guy, and it, 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 we know he's obviously a talented footballer as well. So. It's yeah, it's another good character added to the squad, and and really looking forward to seeing him in the Liverpool shirt.
0: Yeah, he's definitely broken in his training gear, hasn't he, Joe? He's been running around Paris, I think, in (laughs) it all. Not must be sleeping in it as well. But it's one of those, isn't it? It's easy to forget this is a 22-year-old lad who's been given the opportunity of a lifetime to come over to the Premier League, the biggest league in the world, and play for arguably the biggest club out there.
1: Absolutely, I think we always forget how young footballers are. You know, I think about what I was doing when I was 22, and I was. A bit of a mess really and you think like these guys. You know, I've got this this brilliant opportunity to play for one of the biggest clubs in the world. So yeah, I mean I, I can't wait to see him to be honest, because I think he, he might take Liverpool fans and you know myself by surprise because I think he's a little bit of a different player to what people expect. Um you know just reading a few bits on him Andrew Beas he did a piece for us yesterday and you know he carries the ball out a lot. He seems to be someone that likes to get up the pitch. Um perhaps in the same style as Joel Mathick when those Maisie runs, so you know I, I'm really looking forward to. It. And do you know what's really interesting, as Dave mentioned, you know just just earlier, someone like Joe Gomez. it's you know, Liverpool on on paper now have some really good options there, don't they? They have Van Dyke, they have Gomez, they have Matip and then they have Konate coming in. And Gomez and Van Dyke, well, so did Matthew and Van Dyke to be fair. But Gomez and Van, Van Dyke forged one hell of a partnership. And you know, if Gomez had been fit. That could have been the partnership for Liverpool for years to come. But it's going to be interesting to see whether Konate can sort of disrupt that, whether he can, you know, finish the summer as, as the, the main man alongside Van Dijk. So it's going to be a real battle. I can't wait to see him in action. And, um, you know, if he attacks his Liverpool career with the same enthusiasm as he's been attacking some of this pre-season stuff is, with his training kit on, then I think he'll, he'll do fine. You know, he certainly has the right attitude. So can't wait to see him. Um, a really, really intriguing player.
0: Yeah, he certainly got his mates on board doing his, I don't know what it was when he was getting the the shirt out of the bag, Dave, and revealing his kit number. It all seemed a bit weird to me with the flares going off and, and whatnot. But I suppose almost maybe since Alberto Moreno left, there's not really kind of been that guy for Liverpool fans to have that kind of a- affectionate, affection for through social media, I suppose. And it might be Canate who sort of takes on that, that mantle with the fans and endears himself, I suppose, in many ways. As Joe was saying, you, you, you're getting to see him as a person before we've seen him on the pitch. And already you're thinking, I really I really hope this works out for him.
2: Yeah, I think that maybe the difference with Moreno is, is some of that attracted a bit of criticism, didn't it? Because performances, <laughs> yeah. you know, certainly yeah. from, the, from a certain point onwards, Sort of didn't didn't live up to the to the hype and, and and he was struggling a little bit and then you get accused then of, of that being a distraction, don't you? If, if you're not performing well on the pitch, even though that's obviously ridiculous because these footballers do have quite a bit of spare time to fill. So why wouldn't they be walking the dogs through do Sefton Park on a, a hoverboard thing? So you know that <laughs> yeah, that, why wouldn't that you? can happen? Yeah. That's what I do when i spare time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's hopefully I, I think yeah, with if, if with Kanate if he lives up to expectations on the pitch, then that will it will be nice to, you know, have that that you, you do see that other side of him and yeah, hopefully he just keeps up that enthusiasm and, and lives up to expectations on the pitch. It's yeah.
1: the one it's the one big mystery, isn't it, that Liverpool Liverpool centre back pairing for the first game of the season. You just you just can't nobody can call it at the moment. And you know, for a team that to be fair, you, you could pretty much name Liverpool's strongest team in the last couple of years, you know, week in, week out. It's the, the forward line hasn't changed much, even the midfield, you know, is is probably the, the, the area that changes a lot. But when Liverpool have had everyone fit, you could probably name that. But, you know, the centre-back pairing now, obviously we know Van Dijk could be in there, I'm sure. But alongside him, you just can't call it. So it's going to be really interesting there. And say again, I've just said before, I can't wait to see him play because... I really don't know who's going to start alongside Van Dijk and it could be a really tough decision for Klopp, hopefully. Hopefully it will be.
0: Well, that's it, isn't it, as well, when you think back to to May and the way the season ended with eight wins in ten, it could well have been ten out of ten had the, the Leeds United and Newcastle United games gone a different way. That was with a completely different centre-back partnership to what we're going to see and at the time that was the perceived weakness in it but once you add Van Dijk in and then, Joe, as you're saying, those players battling for it, all of a sudden you're looking at it again. As a real area of strength, rather than a weakness within the side, from which the rest of the team has a foundation to build from. Yeah,
1: they got they got too many. They probably need to sell one. <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we, we've seen that we one also add,
2: before. If you add in as well that the, the the fact that, and I know they will not want to do this this season at any point, but but that Fabinho plays there as well, it is it is without doubt, it's the strongest area of the squad, isn't it? Which is. You know it's such a difference to last season and, and the struggles they had in that position that you know hopefully you know having that strong foundation and knowing that if you'd be happy for any of those four to to start a game at centre half in any game um, that's you know it's, it's reassuring, isn't it? Because Liverpool have that basis to work from and that defensive solidity and that you know hopefully will will pay dividends and you know in terms of performances this season.
0: Yeah, you just have to hope that those players come back stronger than, or at least on the level they were when, when they did get injured. One player in particular, though, who will be coming back stronger this season is is Harvey Elliott. And today, Joey's signed a new five-year contract at Liverpool. An awful lot of excitement around what this lad could do this season.
1: Yeah, and so there should be. I mean, he looks, he, he does look a genuine, genuine prospect, doesn't he? I mean, uh, anyone who watched football for a while, you can sort of tell, kind of, you just have a it's like a gut feeling with certain players when, when you see them in action and Harvey Elliott was just one of those players, like, like say Curtis Jones, I think, you know, you felt similar about Trent, you know, who the first time you see him, you think this lad's a player. and You know, he, the, the only thing that you wanted him to do was go out over a season and, and prove it. And he, he went and did that in spades last year by, by going into a tough league and, and shining. So, you know, He's eighteen years old. It's 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 crazy, but I, I honestly think he could be a real option for Liverpool next season. You know, obviously he'll get his chance this summer to to sort of show what he can do. But I, I do wonder whether Liverpool are are waiting on 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 making reinforcements up front because they'll have a good look at him because he will be a genuine option. And if they think he's ready, I'm sure he'll be a big part of their plans for next season. So, you know. <sighs> Honestly, I I can't describe how excited I am. He's he's one of the most exciting Liverpool youngsters, I think, to come through in a good while. So, you know, with him, Curtis Jones and and Trent still being a very young player, you know, it's a lot of excitement about youngsters who've come through. So, yeah, I mean, five-year deal. Um, He seems to be really committed, seems to love the club, just seems to, you know, like, like we talked about Kanata earlier, just a character who just seems to be loving life at Liverpool and really, appreciative of the fact that he's there and, and living a dream so that's what we love to see as fans and you know if he's got the ability to back it up then the, you know he'll go a long way at Liverpool so again another intriguing player this summer another another player who during this training camp um has got a big opportunity and you know I, I wouldn't back against him being a big part of Liverpool's squad come um the end of this transfer window
0: And that's one of the things, isn't it, David? He's coming back into pre-season and, I mean, say, for example, a player like Harry Wilson, in in years gone by, you're saying he's coming back with a chance to impress and then Liverpool will make a decision, knowing that, for example, when he came back from Derby, that was an awful big jump he was going to have to take to prove himself in pre-season. Whereas with Elliot, obviously being 18, he's now been at the club two years since, obviously, arriving after the Champions League win. He's just continuing to take those steps, but everyone he does, he impresses every single step.
2: That's it. I think, I, I think, with you know, in the case of someone like Harry Wilson, it was maybe an, an acknowledgement that he would have to come and sort of really, really blow everyone away with his performances in pre season to, to get an opportunity. Where the, with Deli, I think it's basically they feel and they know that that is going to happen because they know this level of talent, you know, we say he's 18, but it's, that was the only turned 18 in April. So, you know, he spent the majority of last season dominating the championship as a 17-year-old who, you know, doesn't have a lot on him. He's not a big kid. He's just absolutely brilliant footballer, um, which I think just shows his level. He's got a ridiculous first touch. his vision plays with his head up constantly. His weight of pass is perfect and and plays like someone who's, who's just much older than he is. And I think, I, I really do think there's an opportunity for him at Liverpool next season. Um, you know, they they expect him to stick around. There's no there's no talk about alone at the moment, and I don't think there will be, because I think they know that, you know, in theory, what, what will happen and what should happen is that, you know, Jadon Shaqiri is probably going to get off in, in, in pursuit of some more game time. And then, you know, if you're looking for a direct replacement in terms of a left-footed creator who plays off the right-hand side, you have know, got Harvey Elliott there at the age of 18. who's just a, a really, really top-class option already. Um, I, I think that the, the chances there for him to get minutes in that position, you know, it won't be all the time. It won't be won't be constantly in the team, but it's just a good amount of minutes to get him, you know, give him that development. And like we've seen with Curtis Jones, just slowly be bled into the team. And I think I think that process starts next season because I think there's huge faith in Harvey Elliott, and I, I totally agree with Joe. I think he's one of the one of the biggest talents Liverpool have had in a long time. I think he's going to be. England international and play a lot a lot of games for Liverpool
0: It's one of those isn't it it's sort of the latest sort of hit for Michael Edwards and the recruitment team in, in the way in which they have sorted out the first team and now they've had chance to scour the market for these young talents. Okay, Seth Vandenberg he's going back out on loan to, to Preston North end in the championship for this season and he'll see what happens for him. But with a player like Harvey Elliott, Liverpool aren't finding or going to find themselves in the situation like Manchester City where all of a sudden to hit he- homegrown quota rules they're needing to spend big on a a ready-made English star. Liverpool have Trent who's come through the academy, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott will fill all of the the homegrown quotas as well, given the age he joined Liverpool. And then even on this tour, who's going away, you've got likes of Kai Gordon and Misalovsky as well, Joe, who are there just bubbling away in the background and Liverpool not needing to go and kind of break the bank for bringing in some what are genuinely exciting young talents.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of them are unproven, but what I think is very impressive about Liverpool is, is the way that they they bleed these young players into the team. You know, as Dave's just said about Curtis Jones, it, it was it, it was massively impressive over how probably around eighteen months since he, you know, really burst onto the scene you know, with that goal against Everton. Curtis Jones has, has gradually improved and gradually built up his game time, and now you feel like right, he's he's a real option for Liverpool in midfield, you know, and he goes into the next season as a, as a bona fide first-teamer. And And Harvey Elliott seems to be another one. They've not rushed it. You know, there was a lot of excitement when he came in last summer. Um, was it last summer? Or the summer before last? Summer, last summer, wasn't it? Uh, he came in. Or the summer before last, was it? Before, yeah, it was 2019. So he's been out yeah. a while. So, you know, like, they've not rushed it with him. He's played in some youth games. He's played in some under-23s. Then they've sent him out on a quite a sensible loan. They've allowed them to, be, to grow and, you know, this is the season when I think like Dave's just said, he won't play all the time but he'll get more more games time, he'll play in the Cups um, and, you know, he'll come on leaps and bounds and I think give it a couple of years and he'll be in the first team and they've done that with Curtis Jones they did that really well with Trent I think Liverpool are just set up, if you're a young player and you've got ability there really is no better place you know, I think Man City have done it very well with Foden but you know, there aren't that many players that have come through City. You know, and Chelsea, again, have done it recently with Mount, but they don't really have the track it took record, 10 years to
0: get them, hey? um, Yeah.
1: And, and even United, you know, I think struggle at times, whereas Liverpool seems to have this track record, certainly in recent years of bringing through players. So it's really impressive. Um, you know, and, and I think by the end of next season, you'll be sort of a bona fide first team player.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: That's obviously
0: kind of players for for the future and Harvey Elliott in particular. But let's talk about current transfer policy then. Transfers the, the commodity that seem to to make everything spin round. So we'll we'll get into them. And uh, Dave, want to go straight in on Salguez, the Atletico Madrid midfield player. Reports in Spain suggesting a, a forty million euro deal may well be in the offing. I mean, he's twenty six, right in the the peak years of his career there is that Adam shaped hole in the midfield could he be the man to fill it
2: well it's an interesting one this liverpool have been fairly firm about suggesting that, that there's not really an interest there or you know they they don't think it's a doable deal because of suggestions about what his wage packet is and i think if you know if he was on 250 grand a week which is what the suggestion is um, then that would be a difficult deal to do just because of the the options they've already got in midfield you know you think most games next season you're gonna go into with a Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Thiago. Obviously Saul would, would come in and, and very much challenge in that area, but I don't I don't necessarily think Liverpool want that. They maybe want someone who's in the the jota bracket of maybe 23, 24, comes in with a with a view to sort of being the main man in two or three years time. Um and, and you know Saul is is probably he's in his peak now, isn't he? Or just coming into it so you know it's maybe a difficult one and like i say because of the because of the wage packet as well maybe a difficult one to see but i wouldn't entirely rule it out and the reason i don't believe them necessarily is because i just think they've had an interest in him for, for a long time he's a player they really like and have liked you know maybe there's a, a thinking there that, that you know you could just get a fourth really high quality option go as strong in in depth in central midfield as they they have at, at center half, for example and and give themselves a real, you know, top quality option. There's also a suggestion in, in other reports I've been reading in Spain as well, that his, his wages actually are around 125000 Now, if that's true, then it really does present me as a, you know, to me as a, a deal that could be done. So, yeah, you know, Liverpool pushing it down at the moment, but, it, but it's not one I would completely rule out. I think the fact that they've liked him for such a long time, they obviously think he profiles well in terms of fitting into the Jurgen Klopp's system. It just suggests that, you know, if there is a deal to be done in Atletico have got to sort of clear their wage bill a little bit and get some money in, then, you know, maybe Liverpool would 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 have a go at it.
0: Yeah, the things to me that sort of no smoke without fire with this one, Joe, is in terms of he signed a nine-year contract, what, four years ago? He's still got five <laughs> years to run on that and yet he's, he's kind of, you, you've got a, a £40 million fee being banded about. You've got a player with a five-year contract left who's sort of a, of his quality and his peak use, you would have thought the fee being reported would be far higher.
1: Yeah. So whose dog was that, by the way? That was, that was that. Yeah, that was my dog, dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping and it was, was someone else's
2: because I don't have a dog. So.
1: <laughs> like, well, then you looked around and yeah. I thought he's never mentioned he's got a dog. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's usually my dog interrupting the podcast. Yeah. No, do you know what? I don't know too much about him. and He's a gritty player, isn't he? And I think yeah. Liverpool needs someone who's sort of gritty and reliable because, Gini adams just walked out the door and he would fit in well. Um, for me, you know, look, Liverpool, let's face it, Liverpool distanced themselves from Thiago Alcantara last summer, pretty much all summer, but clearly liked him and clearly were waiting for a chance to make a deal happen and, and did it when it came along. So, you know, I, I think, yes, I think Liverpool have a profile of player that they like to sign, they like to sign younger players, but I think they've got to a point in the, in the way that the squad is, is shaped now that if There is a player that they've liked for a long time that is slightly older but is affordable, they've shown that they'll go and do a deal. So, like, then she says, I, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be surprised. And um, they do have a, a hole in the squad for someone like that, but look, I don't know, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's all about whether you know they can make all the finances fit. And right now, as we've said a few times, I don't think Liverpool are going to go out and and, and sign someone until players leave. And I think, you know, that starts with someone like a Marco Guric, who, you know, has has been around for a long time, but Liverpool know they can command a decent fee for him. Um, But, you know, until someone like that leaves and they get some money in, I don't think they'll be going out and spending. So I just think it's a bit of a waiting game right now. And I think this this pre-season camp is the first step of Liverpool sizing up some of those players, sorting out some futures. And then I think after these Euros finish, we'll start to see... Things to happen. So, you know, say if someone like Marco Grimmich leaves, someone like Harry Wilson leaves um, in the next few weeks, then we might start to see Liverpool show the hand a bit. But I'd still be slightly surprised if it was for Sal Niguez.
0: Yeah, Lynchley seems to be having some technical issues for for those watching. He keeps dropping on and off screen. So, so Joe, we'll we'll just continue. And I mean, you mentioned in there about Players may well have to leave before others sort of come into the Liverpool thinking during the course of pre-season, but everybody's talking about or hoping that that Liverpool will sign a forward player, may sign a midfielder. Do you think there's probably more certainty of a midfielder arriving given a lot of the links we're seeing fly around? We saw with with Neuhaus, uh, at Porto as well. A lot of midfield players being linked that is probably more likely we'll we'll see a midfield player rather than a forward, certainly at the moment, the, the way things are shaping up.
1: Um, it seems that way. It's one of them. I, I honestly think, as I said before, I think Harvey Elliott is probably a big part of Liverpool's thinking. They want to get him back, have a proper look at him, and probably decide a bit of a plan with him. And then, yeah, I think in midfield, you know, now when Aldham's gone, and you know, I think they will sell Brewic, Um There will be there will be a chance for Liverpool to do something there. And yeah, I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a midfielder next. But again, as I said before, I don't think it will be until they start seven players. And once we see a couple of departures, yeah, you might see Liverpool show their hand.
0: And what's your take on it, Lynchy? I don't know if you, you, how much of that you caught, but basically a, a midfielder more than a, a forward player at the moment?
2: I th- to be honest, I, I just think both... Both areas are something Liverpool are looking at, and 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 I think the the logjam really at the moment. The, the the problem is 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 needing to sort of get some players off the books. I don't think it's you know the the sell to buy thing is 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 overblown. I don't think Liverpool are skins or anything like that. I just think it's a case of you know they, they know that the size of the squad is maybe a little bit big at the moment, and they, they will need you know you can't have say someone like Jerdon Shakiri of someone of his quality and experience in your squad and then add another forward on top of that before you move him on. I don't think that's fair and I don't think it's a reflection on on him as a player to to do that and leave yourself in that position. So I think you just want some more guarantees about, you know, who's going out and, you know, in midfield like you say is Marco Gruic to maybe move on. At, at, you know, Takumi Minamino, if you talk about him as an attacking midfielder maybe um, and in terms of your forward line of and Shakiri as well, there's there's interest there and so I think until those sort of start moving on and I don't know what's going to start moving first, then I think Liverpool are just sort of, you know, keeping the cards close to the chest and wait until, until that happens. I think, you know, speaking to agents as well, there's, there's a sort of general opinion that the that the market is a little bit jammed at the moment, that, that a lot of clubs are doing that because money's still, you know, it's still pandemic-affected market. And, um, you know, you just need a couple of big moves to go through and then you'll start to see a little bit more movement, I think.
1: Yeah, you talk people work. always get yeah. sorry. People always get quite twitchy at this time of year, don't they? And say, yeah, you know, I had a friend send to me the other day. This, you know, Liverpool have hardly done any business. I was thinking, well, who's done business? You know, this summer, you know, United obviously have done a, a big headline grabbing deal, but you know, other than that, there's not been much go, going on at all. And like, and she says, I think once one or two deals fall into place, you know, not perhaps Sancho, you know, might be might be one of the sort of starts a domino effect. You might start seeing things move around and. You know, for Liverpool, I you know I keep looking at players like I know I've mentioned them a few times, but a player like Rurich is someone that Liverpool know that they can get a decent fee for. As soon as people like him start start moving, and I think they will soon, then things will start things will start moving for Liverpool the other way. And again, I, I totally agree with Lenshi. I don't think Liverpool I think this idea that it's just to sell to buy is a little bit overblown. I think it's just not how Liverpool operate. They don't they don't have this big swollen squad with players who you know are on Big amounts of money who just sit there and never play a single game. If they've got players, they tend to use them, don't they? So, I, I think it's just not the way Liverpool operate. They won't be, they won't pack their squad full of people and just allow the likes of Chikiri to sort of rot in the reserves. You know, they they will they will either use them or move them on. So, I think things will start moving. But you know, we often don't see the transfer market start to move till the end of this month, start next, do we?
0: Yeah it's also one of those isn't it that that players aren't just commodities they they are people there and as you say if you have somebody who's Class as dead wood just around the place, if they start grumbling a few murmurs of discontent, it, it can spread within the squad, can't it? And Liverpool won't want to find themselves in that position. But talking of the pandemic and the effect it's had maybe on on valuations and, and fees and this, that and the other, Adama Traore is another one that reports have sort of resurfaced with Lynch. He was being spoken about this time last year as a £100 million player, now £25 million.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't think, you know, even when the reports around his some of the ridiculous valuations that were getting thrown around last season, I don't think he's ever touched those heights, to be honest. I think he's a perfectly good player, been, you know, really impressive for Wolves, probably better than I expected when he went there, to be honest. And he, he has kicked on into, you know, he, he got a bit of a reputation as just a pace merchant, didn't he? And not, you know, not a particularly classy footballer. But I think in that system at Wolves, it really soothed him and he's, you know, he'd really come on. Um, but I still don't think he's a player that Liverpool have, have ever sort of considered. I don't think, you know, given his age, he doesn't score a lot of goals for, for a winger, does he? And, and, you know, Liverpool's whole system is set up around getting goals from out wide. You've basically got two centre-forwards playing out in the wide positions. Um, and and trio' he's, he's definitely not that. He's very much a get to the byline and try and stand up across for a, for a big number nine. And Liverpool just, just don't really play that way, did he? So. I've never sort of thought of him as a realistic target. I think the fact that they're trying to shift him for £25 million now does does sort of give you an indication about how clubs might want to sort of start getting money in and, and things are a little bit more difficult at the moment. So, you know, that, that sort of tells you a lot, I think, about the, the finance or state of the, the Premier League or, or clubs across Europe, really. So it's an interesting one. But yeah, not really one I'd, I'd ever sort of link with Liverpool or think he would end up there.
0: Yeah, what, what's your take on it, Joe? Because I, I kind of thought last year, I can't really see that one, but then maybe it was a smokescreen for Diogo Jota. But now it might be kind of, as, as, as they suggest there, Wolves want some money, put Liverpool's name on it. It might bring some attractors to him.
1: Yeah, I, I must have I don't see Liverpool ever signing a Dalmatry, all right? I just think he's one of those players They come along every now and again, don't they? That will get linked with the club almost every single transfer window. And that club never has any interest in signing them and... I think there are other forwards at Wolves that Liverpool would much prefer to sign than, than Adama Traore. He just seems to be a good commodity for them, doesn't he? I don't know whether it's his playing style, but he seems to want be the one that every summer or every January people talk about and that there seems to be a fee attached to. But, you know, I, th- I think Pedro Neto is probably better. I think Fabio mm. Silva is probably a better player, albeit a different player. But as she says, that Liverpool just don't play in the style that, Adama Traore players they they don't play with like these out and out wingers that run down the touchline so I just don't think he's ever someone that is ever interested Liverpool I just think it's an easy one and whether that's agents I don't know but it just seems to be an easy link but then he's linked with a lot of big clubs isn't he Um, again I just think it's down to his playing style he just has that bit of character around him that people seem to like and he seems to maybe generate hits
0: yeah, he's been linked with Chelsea as well, isn't he? Um, they're looking for a, for a, a right wing-back seemingly as well. But yeah, I, I have to say it, it wouldn't strike me as a, a Liverpool kind of deal whatsoever. But before we go, just a, a very quick word, of course, international final on Sunday coming up. And Joe, I'm sure knowing how much you love international football, you'll want to wish the lads good luck in their final. Of course, I'm talking about Alisson, Fabinho and Roberto Firmino. <laughs>
1: you don't mean that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, I, you know, I'm not going to go over it. I think it just bore people and, and people like yourself. I know are very, very into en- in England, but just absolutely no interest. Couldn't care less who wins on Sunday. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's look, it's a cultural thing. I think, you know, anyone that lives lives in and around Liverpool, there'd be a lot of people that feel the same as me. Um, you know, you know the, look, let's just not get into it. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a bad ground to go over, but yeah, you know what? If England win, I would do it for you know Jordan Henderson does it, you know because I think he deserves it, and um, obviously I hope the Brazilian players do it as well. But yeah, couldn't care less.
0: No, I know. I was only pulling your leg. That's what I was asking you about the Brazilian boys. But of course, they are in action as well. But anyway, that's that's all we've time for here on this edition of the Blood Red Podcast. Of course, there is Copper America and Euros finals actions to take place over the course of the weekend. And then on Monday, Liverpool are back in pre-season action. We'll be back with the next Blood Red Podcast on Monday afternoon. Hope you can join us then. But from myself, Guy Clark, Joe Rimmer and David Lynch, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now.